Satnam, and welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiag Prem Singh. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, it's been an incredible journey so far, and I've talked to people. I had a, someone this morning from Argentina say they're loving uh, receiving these teachings through the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your loyalty and listening and your openness to receiving these teachings. And most of all, uh, those of you who really love and appreciate the podcast, I just want to say thank you for rating and reviewing it and for sharing it with your friends, for talking about it with students where you're teaching, uh, anywhere uh, where people are interested in meditation, kundalini yoga, a non-dogmatic approach. Um, uh, this technology is for everybody, and, and really that's what this episode is all about. Um, these three paths of kundalini yoga, are, this is not something I heard from Yogi Bhajan, but obviously everything that I do share comes down through him and, and through my mentor Guru, Guru Singh. But also this comes from my own experience and I think that's what we're being called to do, uh, to speak from our own experience, especially if we're going to be 10 is that we recognize that each of these paths is equal. It's not the person who, you know, becomes a baptized Sikh is more valuable than the person who does five minutes of meditation consistently every day. It doesn't work like that. It's not measured by how many hours you've put in and how you look on the surface. It's really about uh, creating an experience of mental clarity and using the technology. Even if you master one recipe from the Dharma or you master the whole book, you know, and, and I think it's really important to share that with people because uh, it, it, I've struggled with, you know, feeling like uh, I need the approval and I need to do better. To, and, and that's part of the conditioning of our culture and our society. And this isn't about getting somewhere. It's about being you and understanding that these three sort of paths exist and, and that they're equal. I think this will allow us to support each other a little more in a world that tells us that we're separate and that we don't belong. And this practice allows us to stand in our, our sovereignty and say, yes, we do belong. And most importantly, we belong to ourselves. And then in doing so, we can stand as a Sangit together, uh, united uh, to, to create some shifts and changes to ch uh, change the trajectory of where we're going uh, as a species on this planet. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, once again, if you love what we do, rate the, the podcast, share it with your friends, review it. Um, share it on Instagram, whatever works for you. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can hit me up at Tiago Prem on Instagram or at the Dharma Temple on Instagram. If you'd like to book one-on-one -on -one sessions or you'd like to have me come and teach in the city where you live, you can also email Tiago Prem at thedharmatemple.com. Um, and if you know people that have podcasts that you love and would like to see me as a guest, why not make a suggestion? I'm always open to doing interviews, that sort of thing. I was on um, a podcast recently uh, called The Doctor Dads, which, which was really great because I got to test some of my theories um, with people who have a more scientific background. So that was awesome. So you can check that out, uh, The Doctor Dads podcast. Uh, I'm on there and they've got all kinds of great guests on there as well. Okay, without further ado, here we go. The three paths of Kundalini Yoga. I'll see you on the other end. Satnam. Um, I want to talk a little bit about my uh, journey, but I want to apply it to uh, how the practice works. So it's not just a class where I just like talk about my life. 
Uh, I want it to be something that can be applied through your lens and experience. And I think a cool way to do it is to look at uh, how Kundalini Yoga and its relationship to Sikh Dharma, especially on this uh, particular day and time of the year, uh, I think is important um, to kind of unpack it a little bit and then have an experience. So basically uh, what Kundalini Yoga does is it prepares you to be able to uh, experience the sound current uh, of the nod that's been passed down through uh, the Sikh way of life. And you don't have to be a Sikh, that's not the correct pronunciation, but just so you know I'm not saying Sikh, like have a cold, you know. But it's been carried down through, uh, Kundalini has been carried down through the Sikh way of life. So just so you know. And not just because of Yogi Bhajan, uh, his teacher was also a Sikh and a master of Kundalini Yoga. But you can approach this according to your own conditions. It's a Dharma, not a religion. Uh, and it's also not a cult, contrary to popular uh, belief. If it was a cult, y'all would have to look like this. But you don't have to. You may be called to. And you may be resistant, like myself, you know, for a long time. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the process. So, so let's say you have some issue in your life where you feel uh, pain. Anybody have that? <laughs> you know, everybody, right? So like whether it's uh, some kind of neuroses or addictive behavior, or, you know, tr little t trauma or big t trauma or whatever it is, uh, Kundalini Yoga can be a great tool to get you in, in touch with the root of that and also support you to move some of that energy and maybe even support you to uh, look for where you could get more healing with regards to that issue or many issues. If you're like me, you have many. And so you go to the Kundalini Yoga and you have an experience. And the experience uh, brings a little bit of levity to the gravity of your issue. Of your issue. You know what I mean by gravity? Pressure. Right? So it brings a little bit of levity. The, way, like the process of it may feel like more pressure. You know, like doing this for 11 minutes. That may feel like a nuisance. We're going to do that today, just so you know. <laughs> might, might feel like a nuisance. But I don't know. Some people are like, don't tell us what we're going to do. And other people are like, I don't mind if you tell me. So, sorry. That's, what, that's what's happening as part of today. But you experience a little bit of levity for the from the practice. And for some students, that's enough. It's not good or bad. That's enough. That may be your relationship to the practice. There's a technology, there it is, it gives you a little bit of levity in relationship to your life, and that's your relationship to Kundalini Yoga, and that's great, you know. Like, this is not a black belt, turban and beard is not a black belt. My daughter's in martial arts, when they line up, there's white belt, and then the stripe and yellow belt, and the turban is not a black belt, you understand? 
you don't get it at the end of 20 years of practice. It's a matter of uh, who you are and who you've been called to be in this life. One is not better or worse. Is that clear? Yeah. Okay, so let's say you have uh, an experience with uh, it and you're like, wow, this is really an incredible practice. I would like to learn more about it. And so you explore it a little more and you realize that not only is it bringing a little bit of levity to your life, but you would like to share it with others. That happens to a lot of people. I'm not talking about sit up on the platform and talk about this, but it's so valuable to you, the levity that it supplies, that you'd like to share it in some way. It's like you don't keep it to yourself. It's like recovery. I'm a person in recovery from drugs and alcohol. You know, once you start to experience what it's like to be sober and to heal some of that pain, you don't want to just keep it to yourself. You know, actually it's harder to stay in, on the path of recovery. If you do, just keep it to yourself. You need to be in service in order to keep up. Just the way it works. We're social beings. So that may be something that you do. And then there's this aspect of it that is a dharma. And the dharma part is the really hard part because the dharma carries with it an identity. When you're doing the first two aspects of it, you can just express whatever you like. But if you have a calling to participate in the dharma, dharma means a way of life, right? You may feel called to do that. And if you do, that, all, all the stuff is here. It's all in these books, it's in the Guru Granth Sahib, it's in the teachings, it's Yogi Bhajan had uh, people record everything that he taught. He was really smart, you know, before IG, you know what I mean? Instagram, stories, and YouTube, he had everybody record everything. And he would go back and watch the classes, so he said, so he could learn something from himself, <laughs> you know. So the recipe is all given, but a lot of people uh, in those uh, first parts of the practice, there's a resistance to the Dharma. And I don't think that's normal, you know. I don't think it's something that should be taken lightly, that you're like, I'm going to take this on as a way of life. In fact, I would challenge you to really like be a skeptic. Not to others, that's the problem what happens, right? People think about skepticism and then they turn that into being judgmental. That's a different thing. You know, I'm very skeptical about the way you're practicing. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you feel a resistance to something, I would explore why you have that resistance. You know. Because the teachers that I have on this path who are really like, you know, steady and have been at it for a long time, they never tell anybody what to do. They lead through their example and their presence. You know. And I, I've tried like everything I can to, you know, maintain my old identity. And it's, it's painful. Like, I think, okay, well, it will be easier if I just stay the way I was. 
But time and time again, I keep getting called back to the Dharma. And all are equally valuable. The person who teaches the technology, the person who experiences the technology, and the person who lives it as a Dharma are equally valuable. In fact, teachings say they are of infinite value. Every one of them. Is that clear? So it's not like one is better than the other. But you may feel called. But here's the catch. In order for you to participate fully in any of those aspects of this practice, there's one thing that is the foundation. You know what it is? Sadhana. If you don't know what that means, it's like this. Whatever your issue is, this will work 100% guaranteed to move the energy. Only one catch. You have to do it. And if you don't, you don't have an opinion because you haven't experienced it. You have a judgment. That's a different thing. You know? I, I remember when I first started growing my hair and wearing a turban and my business partner here at the Dharma Temple, he said, this is a big change for you, you know, I stopped drinking and stopped, I've changed a lot of things in my life. And I said, I don't know, man, I feel like I'm just being called to, to like a Dharma and, and things keep happening that say that I need to do it. He's like, oh yeah, like what kind of things? I said, signs and wonders, man, you know. And we're standing right out here on the corner, right here in front of Dharma Temple on the corner. He said, what kind of signs? And then right when he says it, like 12 sings in big yellow turbans drive right where we are and pull right in front of us. There's no cars, 12 of them with beards and turbans. And the guy at the front goes like this to us. And then they <laughs> drive away. And his face was like, like, how much do you pay those guys to do that? I was like, I didn't pay nobody, man. You know, so don't get hung up in the realm of I'm supposed to and not supposed to. Just take on some little piece of the practice and do it on a regular basis and then notice. Because the beauty of this is it can reveal more about your identity. It can reveal more about your mission. And should you choose, you could take it on as a dharma, a way of life. But you don't have to. That makes sense? And I just wanted to, before we practice today, uh, honor, I put this uh, picture of myself at the Harimandir Saab, the Golden Temple, uh, in 1984. Uh, the Indian government deployed a thousand soldiers to go into a sacred place to bring out 38 people. Thousand soldiers. You think you need a thousand soldiers for that? The Indian government later uh, admitted that most of those 38 people were not in the country at the time. Into a beautiful place that carries the sound current of Raj Yog, everything that we do here. And a lot of people were killed, women and children. As a result, after this experience, uh, Indira Gandhi, the Prime Minister of India, was assassinated. This is at the end of October. 
And between November 1st and November 3rd in 1984, thousands of Sikhs were killed. Goons were sent out by the uh, Indian government. People were dragged from their homes. Their hair was ripped out. It was really awful. Uh, and during that time, there was a media blackout, so the rest of the world didn't know what was happening. And even today, uh, nobody's really taking responsibility for the genocide that happened. And it's related to this dharma. So I just want to take a moment and honor the people who have carried this sound current throughout time, because if it wasn't for uh, them, we wouldn't be here. Regardless of what version of Kundalini Yoga you practice, whether it's just do the technology, whether it's just do the teaching, whether it's just practice the Dharma. Without the six, we wouldn't be able to practice the way we do. So I just wanted to, in case you didn't know, you know, a lot of people don't know about that part of the history. So I brought a beautiful book about the Harimandir Sahib and a picture of myself to share and we'll play some sound current from the 10th master today to really energize us to do some uh, work for social, social justice. That's another thing that people don't know about. I'm not really interested in Sikhism, like the religion. I'm interested in the Raj of Guru Nanak. Raj is more like a government system or the throne. And that system is, if one of us is chained, none of us are free. That's a Sikh. You know, the ninth Guru gave his life to defend a faith that he did not practice and didn't agree with. You understand what I'm saying? So, you don't have to join a religion, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying that being a part of this line means that you've you got to be political. It's, it's not just let's all have a nice love and light time. Strengthen the system so you can be a voice of justice, love and courage. Even if you're in the category that just does a practice to get a bit of levity, you're still being called. So in order to do that, you're going to have to be strong, you're going to have to have an open heart, and you're going to have to work through your shit. <laughs> All right? I know it's a somber tone, but you know, we'll, we'll move through with a spirit of Charity Kala, a spirit rising, no matter what the circumstances. Well, thanks so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of Revealing the Diamond. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on Instagram at Tiaga Prem or at the Dharma Temple. If you are in Vancouver, come see us at the Dharma Temple at 3283 Main Street. Um, Calgary, if you live in Calgary, Alberta, Dharma Temple coming soon, 2020. You heard it here, folks. So uh, I'll be out there quite a bit and my partner will be out there quite a bit. So uh, check it out. And last but of course not least, uh, if you'd like to book one-on-one -on -one sessions or if you'd like to uh, have me come and teach in your local uh, studio or the city where you live, please email tiagaprem at thedharmatemple.com. Satnam.